0: D Have we started the fire?
1: Yes, the fire rises (laughs) Welcome citizens of Gotham Two a tfr bonus episode and if you've been listening to our most recent bonus episodes then you know what this is all about we're back again to talk about a brand new episode of titans and uh my name is eric carter i'm your host and i couldn't talk about titans along so i brought along my my regular co-host mr joe fornarado joe we have another fun episode of titans to talk about today
2: yeah, another another one that uh, I think we're back on the the real high from from maybe a few episodes ago.
1: Oh, I'm I'm glad to hear you say that because when we were kind of texting back and forth when we were watching the episodes, because you watched it a little bit later than I did, um, I couldn't really gather what you thought of this one. So I'm very interested to uh, to to hear your thoughts. I just to. Lay it out there before we even get started. I loved this episode. I was, I was kind of over over the moon about the episode while I was in the middle of it. So I'm, I'm very excited to, to, to dig into it and talk about it. But um, you know, let's get into the synopsis first, and then we'll give kind of our, our quick thoughts and dive into it. Uh, so this is Season 3, Episode 8, and it's titled Home. And the synopsis here, After a Sexual Encounter... Connor and Blackfire attempt to help Corey with new visions she begins experiencing. Without drugs to keep him under control, Jason turns against Jonathan Crane. Tim, having deduced Dick's secret identity, arrives at Wayne Manor seeking to become the next Robin. Dick rebuffs Tim, but uses information from Tim to pursue Jason. A remorseful Jason contacts Dick to surrender himself and Crane to the Titans at a condemned pumping station while Crane secretly overhears their conversation. Tim also follows Jason to the pumping station, but is shot by Crane. Crane tricks Corey into attacking him with her powers, causing an explosion that allows his toxin to enter Gotham's water system. So there we are. That's that's the synopsis for the newest episode. So Joe, tell me what you thought about episode eight, Home.
2: Um. Well, I will start with... It gave us everything we wanted, and I'll start with the nitpick, except for the one thing that we've been talking about for the last uh, few weeks. And it was funny when you texted me saying, you know, like, you, you were loving the episode. I thought we were going to get Crane in the mask, finally. But we. that's the, <laughs> yes. that's the one negative I, sa- I will say about this episode. Still no mask for Crane. But, yeah, this was... This was an excellent episode for a different reason than I expected. I, I really thought there was going to be some awesome like action set piece at the end of it or something to really blow me away. But the, the character stuff in this episode of really moving the story forward was just so much fun. And we we get the Tim Drake stuff, which was the highlight of the episode, obviously. I just really love what they did with that character.
1: Yeah, I agree. The Tim Drake stuff is what really got me excited about the episode because I mean, this is I mean, minus Batman. There is so much lonely place of dying in this episode, uh, just with with Tim going uh, to to reach out to Dick Grayson and proving everything he knows. I loved, and we'll get into more of it when we get into the story. But I loved the little scene of Tim and Dick sitting in the in the living room there. And Tim laying out exactly how he knows that Dick Grayson is Nightwing and that he was previously Robin. I loved that scene. I thought they did that very
2: well. Yeah, it's been a few years since I've read A Lonely Place of Dying, but I mean it's such a great story that it sticks with you. And it's almost word for word the conversation that he has with Bruce in A Lonely Place of Dying, correct?
1: Um it's more of the uh it's more of the conversation he actually has with Dick Grayson. At the I, circus. So that's
2: even better. Yeah, I, I remember him talking about being at the circus and all that, but I couldn't remember who he was actually talking to in the book.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so in the book, and the only reason it's so fresh on my mind is I just read um, the Death of the Family uh, deluxe edition right before Titan started this season, because so, I kind of I thought Death in the Family and um, A Lonely Place of Dying may tie into this season, and so far <laughs> that's very true. Uh, but yeah, that it, it sticks really fresh in my mind that he had that conversation with Dick at the circus. and that's before he ever went to go um, confront Batman, I guess. So yeah, they they did it really well, almost almost page to screen here. Just a little different scenarios surrounding the situation.
2: Yeah, which I, I have no problem with them using, you know his father being shot as the the uh, catalyst for this. Uh, I'm happy to see that his father didn't die. But I also just, yeah, I mean, it was I did not expect him to be so accurate straight from the page as he was. And I didn't expect to get so much Lonely Place of Dying. I I give you credit for reading that. I I knew Tim Drake was going to be a part of this season, but I guess I didn't really expect this level right away. I mean, it's funny because it is episode eight, but I really didn't expect to go from seeing very, you know, Very, very little amounts of him up until now. To having this episode be so heavy and be so littered with, you know, Easter eggs or literally just panels from the book, it was it was really fun to see. And him and Dick on screen, the chemistry already was so much fun to watch.
1: Yeah, I agree. This kid is he's already won me over. He is Tim Drake. I I really enjoy watching him on screen. And, and like you said, I like seeing him with uh, Brenton Thwaites in the show. They, they bounce off of each other really well and I'm really excited to see him hopefully sooner, maybe, maybe by the end of the season suited up as Robin alongside the rest of the Titans. But speaking of the rest of the Titans, the thing, I think the thing I love so much about this episode is all the Titans that are, that are currently at Wayne Manor. I feel like we got a lot of time with all of the Titans in this episode.
2: Yeah, they've done a really good job of giving each character their due here this season. I know Gar has always been the one that's kind of gotten shortchanged. But th- here, again, Gar is being that moral center of trying to find a way to redeem Jason. And I, I've i loved Gar's interpretation this year. I really have. And not to you know just jump around, but... And you know, with Connor and Blackfire, that storyline—I I was smiling the whole time listening to Connor and Blackfire. And I told you, I'm going to be disappointed now if Blackfire does turn evil like we expect it to, because I really, really enjoyed the two of them together.
1: Yeah, I did too. And and just not to skip over the Connor and Blackfire, we'll we'll come back to that. But I did want to touch back on Gar um, because the synop the synopsis didn't even really mention him. But we started the episode with him and molly mm-hmm. and uh, like you said i really i really like and i think we covered this on the last episode i really like that that gar is this link between now molly and jason because it, we've talked about how the the relationship that gar and jason had had in in season two and uh, yeah i i'm just excited that gar is the is the link in that chain there and I I'm, I am can't wait to see how that story pans out. I'm sure that in the coming episodes, we're going to see a situation where um, Gar and Molly in, uh, confront Jason. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that.
2: Yeah. And, and while we're on that, just before I do, I know I kind of skipped around with Connor. But while we're on Gar, I think one of my favorite things about this episode is we had talked in episode three with Hank's death about how how are they ever going to make us believe that Jason could somehow be redeemed or at least Mm -hmm. tolerated at some point. And Gar's explanation as to why they have to give him a chance, I think was perfect. And they're like, he killed Hank and Gar says, well, if he was under the control of someone else, we have to let him at least explain or at least know come up with something because he said when i was under control of cadmus you guys took me back i killed people and nobody Mm -hmm. nobody you know held that against me why and he doesn't say it this way but it's almost like his way of saying and this is how i took it we can't treat him differently because he killed hank as opposed to killing any random person and I think that's really smart writing because I think us as the audience is thinking the same way the rest of the team is thinking, Oh no, screw him. He killed Hank. But yeah, <laughs> he's right. Like Gar killed innocent people. And we were like, well, but it's Gar. Like it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And he didn't kill anyone we know. So it doesn't matter where, yeah, Jason did kill Hank. But if, if they find a way to convince us that he really wasn't under, his own, you know, methods. And he is, I mean, they're doing a great job of showing it in this episode, how lost Jason really is. And it's, it's great to have Gar be that guy because we've said it before. Gar and him had a, a great relationship in the last season, you know, between them really working together and Gar feeling responsible for the death stroke stuff. There's a lot of, a lot of layers there with their relationship and it makes sense for Gar to be the way he is right now.
1: Oh yeah. And to your point, I mean, if we're, if we're talking about uh, one of the Titans killing someone, I mean, Starfire just literally murdered a person in the last episode.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, and, and like you said, though we may not have the same connection, obviously, with Valeska Knox as we did with Hank, it doesn't make one life more or less valuable than another. So, you, I mean, basically, you've got two characters who have done the same thing. <laughs> in this, in the, the in
2: the season, o- the only reason I'll, I'll, I use Gar as the example there is because Gar killed innocent people. I, I don't put Starfire killing a murderer on the same plane as, um, <laughs> the, the innocent person Gar kills. You know what I mean?
1: No, no, no. I and I get that, and I agree with you. But I, I'm just saying, so far as taking lives, well, mm-hmm. we, we've, we've seen it from a, a few of the Titans. Oh so yeah. So, but uh, like you said, honor too. Oh yeah, for sure. But as you said, Hank makes it, it makes it hit a little bit closer to home for us as the audience and obviously to the Titans as, as a unit. So, so yeah, I agree with you there, but um, going back to Connor and Blackfire, as you brought up, I, I do want to, um, I do, I do want to bring up that uh, Joe texted me, while he was watching the episode and I'm not going to say verbatim what he said, but he pointed <laughs> out that in the comics, Connor, um, I don't think has, is anatomically correct. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> Joe brought that up to was... me and I'm like, well, I guess in, in Titans he is.
2: <laughs> yeah. And I'm not going to analyze it that much, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's clear that, you know, the two of them have a relationship and I was happy for him. And I, I bought into, again, it, it, there's so many gray areas here between Jason and a character like Blackfire where you want to believe in the good in these people. And, mm-hmm. you know, I keep going, like, episode three with Jason, I there was no good in him in episode three, but it, slowly they brought me back to, like, hoping for the best. But with Blackfire, it was funny because watching these last few episodes, I had forgotten that she totally killed some little baby's mom at the end of season two.
0: Mm-hmm. And yeah. you
2: get that kind of stuff because you see them the way they are now. And I really want to believe that she's being genuine here, but you have to just know that something's coming down the road. And it's, I'm nervous for that point because you see how happy Connor is. And, and you see, like, you, I buy that Blackfire is happy with him. So what? I'm very curious where they're going with that.
1: Absolutely. And those two sell it so well. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm not just, I'm not talking about the sex scene per se, but the scene where they're laying there and they're, and they're looking through the, um, the projections of the universe and they're looking at the different sectors and things like that. And she shows him, uh, she shows him where Krypton was. And then um, she shows him her home planet and Tamarin, Thank you. Um, And, I love the line of "Oh, you're giving you're giving me your address," and she's <laughs> like, yeah. "Yeah, yeah, but make sure you call first. I love that little. It's it, there's a good chemistry between those two, and it, honestly, I'm even more convinced now that she's going to turn bad. Yeah, because they're making I'm you care about her. I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, they're they're making you care about her as a character, so that tells me they're leading you to to the broken heart. It's going to happen. I I, just, I I don't want it to, but I know Titans well enough to, to kind of see that this is what they're going to do.
2: Yeah. 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 And like you were saying, you were talking about that scene. I loved the car scene when they're driving home in the car and just having that conversation. She says something like I was giving you an out and he's like, I don't think he understood, but he was like, no, I'm, I didn't want an out. And she said, basically like, "I, I didn't either. So, yeah, you're right. Like they're they're totally baiting us to to care for her before you know the turn happens.
1: Yep. But uh, moving on to our, to our other characters here, we we we're, we're seeing cracks form even more between Jason and Jonathan Crane. And uh, what did you think, Joe, of the of Jason actually reaching out to Dick Grayson to try to surrender himself?
2: So this is where I still feel like they're. I don't know which way I'm going with this because it did feel like Jason was being genuine, but he led him to where Crane was. So is he, we don't get to see how it would have transpired because Crane shoots Tim. But right. part of me wonders if, was Jason setting dig up again?
1: See, I, I wonder that.
2: Don't I don't know if I was thinking that incorrectly because I'm nervous about it. But why would he make him go there?
1: Well, I can't confirm it, obviously. But um, my rationalization is that there's two different Jasons. There's the Jason that is, and there's the Jason that isn't on this this chemical substance. Um, I think when he's on it, he's the manipulative Jason. And when he's not, he's the scared, kind of helpless Jason Todd. And I think now that he's kind of because because he wanted more of the chemical at the beginning of the episode and Crane tells him, well, if you want it, you're going to have to cook it yourself, you know. So I think that he's he wants to get rid of this fear and he wants to be this this bold person. But when he is that person, it kind of taps into his darker side. So I think without it, he actually is he's terrified. And I think he is reaching out to Dick for help um obviously again like you said the situation that happened happened and we can't really tell what was going to happen but that's just the way i rationalize it in my mind
2: no and i agree with you i i've felt that actually since episode 3 when we had talked about how when he called hank and was genuinely crying like that was the that was the non drug induced jason where he was probably being genuine there but then he had took the drug and turned back into red hood so to speak where Mm. here again i just can't get past the fact and like if we're wrong with that assumption and we come back to this i can't get out of my head why he would make dick go to where crane is other than if it's a setup unless he was trying to get him to help him take down crane who knows but the way the episode ends it it doesn't give us a uh an answer because i mean we still have five episodes left so we didn't expect to get a true answer there but i did not expect the uh episode to end the way it did i don't know if you want to get into that right now but that was uh that was a pretty well
1: so we know that um we know that yeah and we're gonna get there in just a second we know that crane overheard the phone call between dick and and jason Mm -hmm. so that makes me think that the whole pumping station incident was a setup from crane he i think he kind of calculated the whole thing Mm -hmm. um i think tim drake showing up at the pumping station was kind of a a a, a kink in everybody's plan i don't i don't think anybody expected that and uh, i didn't expect tim to end up shot at the end of the episode um i don't i don't know if there's anything we can really other say than tim got shot by crane uh, and I will say this is one of my little nitpicks because we, we talk about how Garg kind of gets the short end of the stick, and he's – here he's the one that gets stuck <laughs> with, with, yeah. with taking care of Tim Drake while the rest of the Titans infiltrate the uh, pumping station. Um, I think but, it's
2: one of those things where – and a lot of comic book properties have this issue. Marvel, DC, all of them have this issue. When you have a character that has a certain superpower – that can take down the villain pretty easily. You have to find ways to change things up a little bit. And they probably don't know how to handle Gar's powers with someone like Jonathan Crane. Well so it's like
1: to to add on to that, it also keeps the production budget down when you don't have to oh, yeah, CG.
2: Yes, that's the definite easiest uh, obvious answer, absolutely.
1: <laughs> yeah. So and I'm hoping yes. they're
2: saving it for some great spectacle at the end of the season. That's that's my hope.
1: I'm sure they are, because they've been very judicious with with uh, Gar and his animal form so far. And it wasn't it in early in the season, wasn't he talking about or was that last season when he was kind of talking about what new animal he could become?
2: It might have been at the beginning of this season where he was talking about it. And maybe saw, like these transformations. And I will say too. Regardless of the fact that they're using this as a budgetary thing, still, to you know, to the show's credit, everything effects-wise has looked great. So if if they have to cut down on Gar's effects to save it for later on in the season, it's not taking away from the effects, you know, through episode eight.
1: I agree, and I'm with you. I'm hoping we get a we get a big, nice action scene with Gar transformed uh, before the season is over. I'm sure we will, but. Regardless, uh, this, this kind of brings us into the big action set piece at the end of the episode where we have Crane tricking Corey into attacking him with her powers. Um, and that causes the huge explosion that Barbara sees uh, on, her, on her computer and everything like that. And um, we see that Crane's toxin has now entered Gotham's water system via the explosion that Corey caused. Um, so what do you th- what do you think of the ending here, Joe? What do you think of the the Gotham's w- water system being poisoned? Uh,
2: i I wasn't expecting something on on a grand scale like that, to be honest. it's It's something that's been done in the comics for years with you know, the water supply being poisoned and whether it be the Joker or, or Scarecrow, like this is not anything new. But I wasn't expecting it on the show to happen. Definitely not episode eight, but Mm -hmm. I I don't think I was expecting anything for Crane to be on this grand scale if it reaches out to to that many people. And basically, if we're going to see, like, you know, all of Gotham be affected by this, we're in, for lack of a better term, on this show, to me, uncharted territory. Like, this is not something I expected them to have to deal with on top of dealing with Red Hood.
1: Well, yeah. And to be honest, I I did kind of expect uh, Crane to attack Gotham at some point because that's that's what Jonathan Crane does. Um but I kind of kind of the way the season has gone with the relationship between Red Hood and Scarecrow, I kind of expected more of a Arkham Knight kind of thing where maybe it was a big aerosol gas at to envelop the city or something like that. But going through the water supply, it's not something I did expect, but it is kind of one of those. Th- I mean, it's happened a lot. Um, and I've heard, you know, I've obviously heard the complaints. Oh, it's, it's Batman begins, but I mean, let's face it. Batman begins is not the only example of, of a villain attacking the water supply, not only in Batman comics, but in comics in general. So,
2: yeah. I mean, one of my ba- favorite Joker stories is uh, Batman, the man who laughs and that's with by a brew breaker and that's joker attacking the water supply so that's been done for years
1: well yeah i mean when you have when you have a hero like batman or the or the kind of batman character in this episode in or in this show right now is nightwing and you have a villain like mm-hmm. jonathan crane i mean these 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 heroes and villains don't have powers really so what can they do but attack people in these mass ways like this with water supplies or, or through the air or something like that? So, yeah, it's not a complaint I have, and I'm actually excited to see how the Titans as a team take on this this kind of problem they're faced now with the water supply and, and, and Gotham being, being poisoned because it actually – it makes the Titans have to work as a team, and that excites me because that's what this whole season has been more about versus the first two seasons. Um, we didn't get a lot of the Titans together, and now they're making them come together to fight these these larger issues, like you said.
2: Yeah, well, because this so far this season, it's been more of a um, – um trying to think of the right word like a, a a mental team up where they haven't really had to have all of the titans fight against one single person because they've had different situations but they've all been trying to figure out detective ways of of beating the the you know beating uh jason or scarecrow where now it's going to be on such a grand scale that they're going to have to actually you know go out and do some some real old-fashioned superheroing and that'll mm-hmm. be you know cool to see If, uh, you know, if and when that happens.
1: Yep. Agreed. Now, one thing that we haven't mentioned through this episode, one thing I I wanted to talk about, because it kind of I I can't really see where they're going here unless it's the the poisoning of the GCPD through the water. But the the leak over Barbara's desk that they keep showing throughout the episode and then at the end where it just kind of the, the ceiling just gives way and there's water pouring all over her desk. What did you make of that?
2: I took it as just a metaphor. It was the way of saying, you know, like the water leaking into the uh, GCPD was the metaphor of cranes uh, toxin breaking through. That's how I took it. I didn't take it as a literal thing of that water is contaminated because nobody was being affected by that water. Anyway, that's not the water supply. That's just a leak into GCPD. So that's how I took it. It was more of as the show was going along it was like the foreshadowing of the water seeping through
1: yeah i, I don't know if they if they were going for some kind of okay well GCPD is going to be ground zero of this of this infection uh, throughout the water supply because we have this huge leak or if it was like you said if it was foreshadowing of things to come with the slow leak becoming the large problem at the end uh, that that actually now that you've laid that out that that makes more sense so
2: i also uh, i was wondering at first which doesn't make sense because he does say where he was drilling at first i was wondering if the gcpd just happened to be under where he was drilling and he was causing that leak but that that was quickly um remedied when i actually paid attention to what was going on
1: yeah i kind that thought crossed my mind briefly and i'm like god i hope not because that'll be really kind of on the nose
2: yeah and they <laughs> that's why i was like no it's got to mean something else because it is definitely an on-the-nose metaphor to me mm-hmm. um but it's not a literal uh on-the-nose metaphor
1: Yeah, I do. The last thing I really want to bring up um, is the Jonathan Crane performance, in my opinion, just keeps getting better. I thought he was disturbing in this episode. Um, The scene where he goes to visit his mother, who is a uh, psychiatrist, psychologist, and she doesn't give him the answers he wants. So he ends up just breaking her neck backwards. And we don't see that happen on screen, but we see the aftermath of it. Uh, is really disturbing, and and I kind of like that, you know, because in the comics it's been mentioned several times that he he murdered his parents. So this is this is a uh, a more contemporary telling of that, and I thought it was just creepy as hell. What did you think, Joe?
2: No, I I completely agree. It was again. I keep going back to if you if you close your eyes and listen to this guy speak, it reminds me of the animated series Scarecrow. In uh, again, I you know
1: minus a- the f-bombs
2: yeah like an adult storytelling <laughs> like it's yeah. it's more of a you know real world esque take and creep factor dialed up to 11 and uh, yeah i if you get past the fact that he does he might not look like you expect jonathan Green to look he his performance is right on the money for me and yeah this is this is the episode where we really see him just go balls to the wall as, as scarecrow. And yeah, it was, uh, it was something else seeing him, you know, kill his mother and then kill the poor guy that, you know, offered him the yogurt at the, you know, the, the facility, the pump station. I mean, we're seeing crane he's, he's lost his, his composure at this point because of everything Jason has done. He's, he feels like he's losing because Jason is starting to to question him, so he's kind of off the rails now.
1: Yeah, well, not to mention he also shot Tim. So yeah, he's –
2: yeah
0: he's, and so he's.
2: With the Tim thing, I honestly expected Jason to shoot Crane. When I heard the gunshot, that's what I thought was going to happen. I oh, was you, really surprised that Tim got shot.
1: Oh, you thought it was going to be like the, the Red Hood standing behind Crane thing or something like that?
2: Yeah, or even off to the side, like where Jason was, I thought he was going to come to Tim's rescue when he saw the gun pointed yeah. at him. Um, I will say with Tim being shot, I think that kind of lessens our opportunities of seeing Robin by the end of the season.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we'll still see him. I think uh, even if it's the very last shot of the last episode. And I, that's
2: honestly what I want. I don't necessarily need to see Tim in action this season. I am fine with it being the final shot of him getting the Robin suit.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'll say the the look on Jason's face when Tim says, I want to be Robin.
2: Oh yeah. That was great. Yeah. So,
1: but anyway, that is our look at um, episode eight home Joe. Is there any, is there any final things you wanted to bring up? Anything you think we didn't cover?
2: The only thing we didn't cover was Jason really them just doing a good job of showing Jason in desperation mode, trying to find a way to really come to terms with what's happening, he goes to. Like, is that a peep show? Is that yeah. What that is? So, him just trying to find anyone to talk to at this point, and this is the only way he feels he can talk to somebody. And it's just again, you're you're seeing that possibility that Jason really is remorseful for what has happened that he didn't really control himself but he understands that he's not going to be able to come back from this
1: yes oh and also i keep remembering things um the the visions that dick keeps seeing Mm -hmm. i don't know when he was drugged um do you remember
2: i didn't take it as him being drugged i think it's just a concussion i think he's having
1: you think it's just a concussion yeah i
2: I didn't take it as him being drugged i think he's just having trouble with you know, the concussion and it's just playing tricks on his mind. That's how I took it.
1: Yeah. I, I did. I thought about that at the, at the beginning, but the, the things we kept seeing, I was, like, is crane involved in this somehow, but we'll see. Cause I mean, that did factor kind of in the end of the episode too. Yeah. So, uh, but we will see the only, the, once again, I feel like we mention this every week. Uh, the, the huge nitpick I have is we're eight episodes in now and we still, have not seen where they're going with Rachel or Donna, so
2: <laughs> I think that's next week. I I that, and I, can't, I feel like I say that every week, but I have seen um, Connor Leslie has been posting a lot this week on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, um, so
1: that's that's a possibility that next week's episode will be covering yes, I, that.
2: I will say I like their restraint. To be honest with you, we've had eight episodes to focus on this. And it wasn't like Donna's death is forgotten and she's alive already. I, I like the fact that we've gotten eight episodes of Donna being quote unquote dead. And you know, we'll get the we'll get to that story when it's you know relevant. I
1: I agree with that to a point. I just hope it's not kind of it doesn't feel like like I've said before, I hope it just doesn't feel rushed or they, shoehorned.
2: Yeah, I, I don't want to sho- be exactly. shoehorned dead either. Yeah. I, I yeah. agree. And I'm I'm again we're eight episodes in every episode has been good to strong. Uh, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and, and hope for, you know, five more excellent episodes.
1: Yeah. But I mean, to, to just kind of as much as I would hate for them to step away from the, from the Gotham story right now, because I think it's at its most interesting point. Now that we know that the entirety of Gotham is threatened it probably is a perfect time to kind of step away, to, to keep that anticipation going of, well, crap, what's happening in Gotham is to go to Themyscira and show us what's happening there. So maybe that's where, where they're going.
2: Yeah, and then we still have four full episodes coming back.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So and, and these are all episodes that I am looking forward to. Once again, I love this season of Titans so far. I love this episode. I think it slots right behind... Um, episode three as my probably my favorite of the season so this is probably my second favorite episode that we've had so far
2: yeah episode three i I can't even say episode three is my favorite because i i don't know if i will ever watch that episode again like i mean obviously i'll watch it again but it's such a tough episode i think my favorite episode is is it episode five where dick and uh jason have that great fight at the uh in the woods oh was
1: no that was
2: um was that four I don't remember.
1: I think that was episode four. Yeah, that's the cabin is episode four.
2: But this one is definitely up there. I mean, there's just been they've all been really, really strong. And this one, I think, is strong for very different reasons than an episode three or an episode four, because they're even the, the action set piece at the end. There wasn't a lot of fighting going on. It was just they were in their suits. They were ready to go in there. But I think we'll do a really strong action set piece in the next episode.
1: Well, Themyscira is a perfect place to do it. So hopefully <laughs> hopefully we yeah. get a nice Themyscira action scene. Yeah. But anyway, Joe, I, I'm looking forward to c- finishing out the season. I'm looking forward to the next episode uh, reviewing it with you. But in the meantime, tell everybody where they can find you on social media.
2: You can find me at J411 on Instagram and Twitter and on Facebook as Joe Forno.
1: Nice. And for myself, you can find my personal accounts on Instagram and Twitter at MeCarter89. That's M-E-Carter89. You can find the show's social media accounts on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at TFRBatPod. If you take a minute out of your day to give us a rating and a review, that really helps us out. Just uh, go over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and review. If you do, we will read them on the show. As well as if you have thoughts, questions, comments, or suggestions for future episodes of the show, you can reach us by email at TFRBatPod at gmail.com. And uh, we also have a presence on TPublic, So if you just go to tpublic.com and search TFR TFRBatPod, you can find our logo on all kinds of merchandise there. Not something you have to do, but if you do, I really appreciate it. It's, it's going above and beyond. Um, but until next time, this has been a bonus episode covering another great episode of Titans. So until we talk to you again, keep that bat signal lit and point and skyward. Batman was created by Bill Finger and Bob Kane. The Fire Rises, a Batman podcast, is in no way associated with AT&T, Warner Brothers, or DC Comics. The thoughts and opinions expressed by the participants are solely theirs and do not represent the companies that they work for. Thank you for listening.
0: Hey, Dick.
2: Hey, what's
0: up? Someone's here to see you. I'm heading out. No, you're gonna wanna talk to him. You are, I can't be late. He says he knows your Nightwing. Who is this? Says his name is Tim. Tim Drake. Maybe a friend of Crane's? That was right before he told me Bruce Wayne is Batman. I was there, at the beginning, at the end. I went to Haley's Circus to see the Flying Graysons. the night your parents were killed. You signed it for me before the show. I remember every move you performed. Then one day, I saw Batman and Robin on the news chasing Penguin. Robin did a one-handed meat hook to scale a rain gunner. A trapeze move only two people in the world can do. You and your dad. So Robin pinched my moves. I can't copyright them. Then... The Titans made a splash. I heard they were good, so I started keeping tabs. Guess what? Nightwing also does the one-handed me hook. You were Robin, then Nightwing. Keep them. I got copies. Thank you. Like I said, stole my moves.